All right, friends and neighbors, let's do this. The State of the Union, uh, the State of the Redneck Union. How about that? Actually, this isn't going to be the state of how it is for rednecks. I'm just a redneck, and so I'm going to give you my opinion (laughs) on the State of the Union. Now, I should obviously start out by saying this. I did not watch the State of the Union because I'm not a nerd. I'm just kidding. You're not a nerd if you watch the State of the Union. You are arguably a better person than me. I don't see how you do it. Um, But I obviously read about it, read the key takeaways. I'm going to watch clips. I feel about the State of the Union the same way that Bill Burr feels about the NFL draft. He used to have a bit about it where he was talking about all these dudes that get pumped to watch the draft. And he's like, yo, they're going to have the list out tomorrow. (laughs) That's how I feel about the State of the Union. I really have to watch it. I can go read the synopsis of it. Yada, yada, yada. See the key highlights. Now, I know that a lot of people are going to disagree with me. So like, well, you're just reading the synopsis from a biased reporting. Sure, I have read uh, several takes on it. But at the end of the day, I'm reading quotes, what Biden said versus what the reality is. Because I'm just not interested in watching what, I mean, the political equivalent to, I don't know, an award shows. Everybody gets dressed up. They they all sit in their fancy chambers, and somebody goes up there and tries to make us feel better about a thing we know is corrupt and shitty, right? Like, you always—if you are the party that the president is, you always leave a State of the Union address going, Oh, well, that— Things don't seem as bad as I thought, even though we experience the true state— of the union every day, and we know that it is a goddamn nightmare, right? Now, in some things I've read, uh, Joe Biden, you know, made some really good points. He's really good at being a folksy papaw. Like, he does make me feel better. Like, his demeanor makes me feel better, you know? He's like, come on, guys, hey, it's not that bad out there. Still, I'm, I got a guy named Joe. I met him. He was, used to be a crab fisherman. You know, he's got a way to calm me down, whereas, you know, Trump just made me go, oh, Jesus Christ, shit could pop off at any second. Like, I know that that shit could still pop off at any second, but, like, knowing that we at least have uh, leaders who aren't snorting Adderall and texting from a burner phone all the time makes me feel better about, quote, unquote, the state of the union. So here is my take on some of the key issues that were uh, talked about during the State of the Union. And remember, I'm not a smart man. I'm just an interested man, not interesting man. I'm interested in things. So here's my key takeaways. And I'm, I'm uh, free to be wrong. All right. China and the Chinese balloon. This is a difficult one for rednecks to talk about, in my opinion, or especially like, well, no, it ain't difficult for most rednecks to talk about China because they'll just straight up tell you, screw the Chinese. And that's the problem that we run into, in my opinion. It is very hard to, for me at least, to talk shit about China without it seeming like I'm talking shit about the Chinese. And Asian hate and Asian uh, um, uh, uh, stereotypes and like, and we all know Asian hate crime is a thing. And I don't in any way ever want to sound like someone who <laughs> condones that shit. And, and it's in like, y'all know I don't, but having my accent and saying anything negative about China, somebody could hear that, take it out of context and be like another redneck that hates Asians. But that's not true. Even a little bit. I don't think this has anything to do with uh, <laughs> with Asians. It's the, specifically the country China, which, for the record, I don't think any of us know nearly enough about. But just from the outset, just from outside looking in, uh, I don't know, man. It does seem terrifying. Like, the Chinese government seems terrifying. First off, there's a fuck ton of them. Right. So you just look at pure numbers and you go, man, if China really is as badass as a lot of people say, and if like, I mean, goddamn, we're all in debt to China. They've been loaning us money. And if they if they really are as badass as we say, and they got that many people, it does constantly, I think, make you go, couldn't they just do anything at any point? 
You know what I mean? Like they they have access to as much, you know, badass weapons and shit as we do. Uh and they've got a lot more people and frankly, they seem to be the type that how do I put this? They just seem more structured than we do. You know, I, I don't think that's a, a racist stereotype. That might be a stereotype, but it's a positive one. Like, it just seems to me that, like, it, now again, I don't live there. This is just outside looking in. Like, in America, goddamn, it's hard to get 10 people to agree, agree on on lunch, you know? But just from on the outside looking in, the Chinese seem, the like, not the Chinese people, the Chinese government seem... Like they are more of a united front, which can be good in so many ways. Like I wish that our government had a united front on like several moral things, some of those which we'll get to in this Redneck State of the Union address. But like, I don't know, man, it, it does seem like you, you've got to toe the line between China does some inhumane things and we shouldn't support that. But also... We kind of need these people to be our friend if they are powerful with access to a lot of weapons and we owe them money. So, like, dude, it's crazy. And that's really all I'll say about that because I don't want – I'm already sounded ignorant enough. But, like, I don't know. There's just certain – like, there's certain countries where they do some fucked up shit and you go, yeah, you know what? <laughs> Fuck them. Like Russia, for instance. Fuck them. We're better than them. Screw them and we'll get to the Ukraine part later. But with China – it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, man. They're, they seem really powerful. Maybe we should just like sit this one out. I don't know. Like with the balloon thing, with the surveillance, number one, uh, we shot it down. Now, the argument from the Republicans is we took a little bit too long to shoot it down. Well, let me let me say this on that. It was shooting that balloon down was something that the government had to do. And you know that it, you can't do anything with the government in less than a goddamn business week with all the red tape. I mean, shit, man. Like, go get your driver's license. You're going to be sitting there a whole day. You got to fill out forms. You got to take a test. I'm pretty sure that when it comes to shooting a balloon out of the sky, you kind of got to get your ducks in a row. Before you, especially before you find out it's not some dude with a handlebar mustache that usually rides a unicycle trying to do like a trip around the world or some shit. Like my first thing when I see a balloon is not, I bet that's a Chinese surveillance balloon. Mine is someone's had a wonderful birthday, right? So they shot it down, man. I, I don't know what to tell you. They shot it down. Now to play devil's advocate here a little bit, if President Trump was in office and it had taken him the same amount of time to shoot it down, I guarantee you that there would be Democrats going, can you believe how long it took him to shoot that down? So I think this, this particular instance is one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't situations that a president finds himself in where it's hard to argue that were the tables reversed, we wouldn't feel completely different about it. There's a lot of those things with presidents, and I try to be mindful of all of those. Like, whenever Biden does something, I try my best to look at the situation and go, how would I react if this had been Donald Trump doing this? Uh, I like to feel that the answer a lot of times is pleasantly surprised. <laughs> like, you know, if Donald Trump had, and I'll get to this more later, got on stage and said that he wanted to codify Roe versus Wade, I wouldn't all of a sudden take the position of, well, if Donald Trump agrees with it, then it must be bad. So fuck that. No, I'd be like, oh my God, you know, a broken clock, <laughs> right? Hell yeah. Good for you. So. I don't know. The whole Chinese balloon thing, uh, could it have been handled better? Probably. Could it have been handled worse? 100%. So it got shot down. We obviously got to be mindful of uh, anybody surveilling our country. But then at the same time, you know, like, do you know how many goddamn American balloons we probably got in other countries? I'm not saying that makes the Chinese balloon one right. I'm just saying, like, let's think about it for a second. If... We found out 
that American had a surveillance balloon in Indonesia or something and they shot it down, I'm certain we'd be like, no, you don't understand. We have to do those things to protect, to make sure that the Indonesians have proper do- uh, democracy and whatnot. Like, we're just keeping an eye on them because we're the world police. We're America. So, I don't know. Like, what if China feels the same way? Like, are, are Americans the only ones that are allowed to believe in our hearts that we can meddle with things for the greater good? I don't think any of us should be doing it, is my point. We should be left to our own goddamn devices. And I don't mean closed borders. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I believe in asylum and all that shit. I'm just like, let's take care. If, if everybody, there's an old Southern saying, uh, uh, my, it, in Casey Musgraves made it into a song, mind your biscuits and life will be gravy. You know what I mean? If we all took care of our goddamn self, <laughs> maybe things would be better. So I don't fucking know, but we'll get to the immigration here in a little bit, which as y'all know, I am pro, 100% pro legal immigration and asylum. And I think that the Republicans are insane and wanting to turn everybody away, but more on that later. So there's the Chinese balloon. Next, I believe the thing you talked about was Social Security and Medicaid. All right. Here's a, here's a fun one. Uh, and, and it's one, that there's a lot of nuance between Republican, the congressmen, the senators, all the lawmakers, and the actual constituents, right? Because, as everyone knows, <laughs> Social Security and Medicaid are forms of socialism, right? Now, obviously, a lot of Republicans are happy to point this out and say, yep, and they should be gone, Right. But there's a lot of Republican constituents who, through one side of their mouth, will say, this country's becoming socialist. And then out the other side of their mouth will be like, the the Democrats are going to take away my Social Security, right? Well, it seems to me that it's actually the Republicans that want to do that. Now, listen, behind closed doors, do I think that any of them uh, want us to have anything? Hell no. All right? Hell no. But... It seems out loud that the Republicans are taking the stance of, listen, we need to balance the federal budget. And what better way to balance the federal budget than by taking money from the people who don't have a goddamn thing? Like, there are people who rely on their Social Security and rely on Medicaid, and neither are as good as they should be for the amount of work that these people have put in. And just the fact that they're human beings, man... I mean, goddamn, like nobody should have to worry about medicine in the quote-unquote greatest country on earth. No one should be having to worry about whether or not they can afford insulin, which I think Joe Biden, uh, side note, proposed a cap uh, at $35 a month, right? That is a wonderful step in the right direction. Personally... And this is communist to me, I guess. I just think that all medicine medicine should be free. Ain't nothing free, Corey. Somebody's got to pay for it. Yes, exactly. Our taxes. All right? That's what I think. I think that people of great wealth and people of great privilege, I consider myself the second part, the second part in that category, someone of great privilege. I don't mind paying my taxes to help people. I don't mind those taxes go towards helping people who can't afford things. Are there people who take advantage of the system? 100%. Of course there are. But it's a far fewer percentage than the people who need that system in order to survive and aren't taking advantage of it. And I don't believe in punishing the many for the crimes of the few. I don't. There's some people that are going to get away with it. You know, I don't know what to tell you. If they get caught, you know, fucking punish them. But don't punish the people who need it because there's assholes in the world. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know if this is a good analogy, but like, there's ticket scalpers in this world and they're fucking shitty, but that shouldn't make me not be able to sell tickets because they're scalpers and they might just all buy them. Well, no, other people should be... It, you punish the scalpers, not the people, 
<laughs> want to go see a goddamn show. That's a terrible analogy, but you get what I'm saying. I just don't believe in punishing everyone for the acts of a few. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like it, it's like patting patting down everybody at a store when they leave and frisking them and making them take their clothes off and you know sticking a, a billy stick up their butt looking for stolen product because one percent of people a year shoplift. It doesn't make any sense. People need their medicine. People need that social security. You know, we all got memos who quote unquote are on a fixed income. My memo that lived on her social security. Till she died. And it wasn't a lot, but I can't imagine if they took any of it away from her. She wouldn't have been able to make well, I mean, she would have been able to make it because I would have helped her out. Our family, when we still did, obviously. When I say that Granny lived on her Social Security, I don't mean that we were just like, and we ain't doing shit for you. Hell no, we got her a condo. You know, <laughs> come on now. But there's just, there's people who need it. And I don't mind my taxes going towards that because, frankly, there's a lot of shit that my taxes go towards, like war, uh, that I, I wish that uh, would go to Medicaid and Social Security instead and helping those people out and housing the homeless. Like, I, this is, I'm not smart, so I know this has to be a stupid idea, but my idea has always been here's what we should do as far as taxes go. Everyone, at the end of the year, you figure out how much you have to pay in taxes. And then they get you get a list of all the things your taxes go towards, and you are allowed to divide up the money you have to pay in taxes amongst all those things in a manner that you see fit, right? So I could select, let's say I've got to pay $35,000 in income tax, which is about normal. Uh, I would then go, I would like a large portion of that to go to education and the library system, zero of it to go to war, right? And that would almost act as some as a, like a vote. By the end of the year, they would look at all those numbers and go, well, this is what's actually important to the American people. Now, you know, you'd have the uber wealthy who would be like, I'm putting all my taxes towards war because I'm a war profiteer. But we know that they're not paying their fair share in taxes anyways. <sighs> So we're going to take away money. That's why they want to take away money from Medicare and Social Security because they can't, for any reason, suggest that Elon Musk isn't paying his fair share. It's ridiculous. It's transparent. It's a slap in the face to hardworking Americans. They These people constantly give backdoor, greasy, old-school Charleston hand jobs to these fucking one-percenters. Screw over the working class, and then, like a magic trick, come election time, pit the working class against everybody else by using some sort of racist dog whistle bullshit fear tactic. Even though they're getting screwed financially, they're like, yeah, but we can't make the country socialist, so I mean, I gotta vote for the Republicans, and I guess I'll just lose my leg. Huh, it's bullshit. And then they're also wanting to, I don't know if this was addressed in the uh, State of the Union, but they're wanting to uh, raise the retirement age to like 75 or some shit like that, which like I've always found that 65 was still goddamn high. I mean, I get it. You know, we live in a world where you just can't possibly accrue enough money to live on the rest of your life by like 55 or 60. Really, you can't even do it at 65 with most jobs. And, you know, like I said, the way the Social Security and shit is and the way the cost of living is nowadays, but 75 years old... Making retirement age 75 years old when, I, off the top of my head, I think the life expectancy for the average American, which for the record just went down for the first time in like a millennia, I think it's like 78. So that's saying that you work your whole goddamn life, your whole, let me be clear when I say this, your whole goddamn life only to get three years of rest. And if that's the average life expectancy, it's like, well, it doesn't mean you feel great up until that point, right? You start getting sick a couple years before you die, probably. So you get like maybe nine months <laughs> to play golf. And what if you retire in the winter? Oh, God. It's insane. 
It is just another transparent um, declaration of fuck everyone except for the elite, our friends in the private sector, the corporations, the lobbyists. Fuck all of them. You have to work for them for 75 years. And then, and only then, will we allow you three years of freedom. Absolute fucking lunacy. I, I just, I can't understand how people vote for these people, but I know they do, and I know it's tricks, and I know that everyone that votes for them is not a bad person, far from it. They're tricked. They were all tricked, for the record, but like people get tricked into voting against their self-interest all the time. For the record, uh, you know, Democrats, we do that too. Like, I vote against my self-interest all the time. Like, tax-wise, I guess. Although, like, <laughs> everybody was like, well, vote for a Republican, your taxes will get better. I remember the first year that Trump was in office, my taxes as, like, I'm an entrepreneur, right? I'm a sole proprietor entrepreneur, which means I have a fucking shit ton of W-2s and 1099s at the end of the year. I think last year, and I wasn't even on the road that much last year because I took time off to write a book, which, of course, I got 1099 for. I I don't know. I probably had like eh, 45 W-2s. I've had as many as like 78 in a year, you know. And I, and I remember that something on the taxes, like he, he fucked around and like uh, I wasn't able to write off food on the road anymore or not as much as I used to. I can't remember all the things, but I, I remember I remember comedians. There was a lot of like right wing comedians who were like, yeah, Trump tax, blah, 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 blah. And then that happened. They were like, wait, what? It actually fucked me. So so let's but let's say hypothetically, it's like Republican helps you out on your taxes. Well, I still wouldn't vote for them based on that because my taxes are not. That's not where my morality starts or ends, you know, like I, I vote on the other things. I'm like, dude, for years I said, like, I'm a one issue guy when it comes to whether or not I will vote for someone. And that one issue, and this is going to sound stupid, but that one issue was marijuana. And my reasoning for that was if you're the type of person who thinks marijuana should be illegal, there's that tells me a lot more than just that about you. It, you know, you know what? Does that make any sense? Now it's you know like abortion. I like that's that's one of the like I don't give a fuck if you're running if you're a Democrat that I don't like, but you're running against a Republican and you're like I would codify Roe v. Wade, and they're like no, nope, women should have to uh, carry to term even if they're twelve and even if they're raped. I can't fucking vote for you. I don't really give much of a fuck about the other shit because that says. Uh, because that tells me all I need to know about what your other policies would be. You know what I'm saying? I can just check that box and go, well, fuck them. Because I've said this a bunch before, and I, and I don't think it's going to get me any trouble. I think a lot of people feel the same way. I wasn't fucking, I'm not entirely happy about Joe Biden. I wasn't entirely happy about having to vote for him. I wish that it was someone else, but it wasn't. And he checked more of my boxes, obviously, than Trump, who checked zero boxes. None at all. So voting against your self-interest, actually, you, you start to understand it when you go, well, well, dude, if, if me, if I, as someone who makes a, a really good living, could vote against taxes that would benefit me because of stances on abortion, well, then these people do that, too. These people do that, too. More, but they're the opposite. Abortion is their moral barrier, and they believe that it's killing a child and so, therefore, they morally can't vote for someone who is going to screw their finances up. Uh, they can't. They they have to vote for someone who's going to screw their finances up and stick it to the the working man. Be, they have to vote for them because of their stance on abortion. They can't go the other way. If you think about it like that, it starts to make a whole lot more sense. I don't think they're right, but those convictions are still there, and they're no different than my convictions. So, like. You know, I get it. So that's Social Security, Medicaid, retirement. Moving on to uh, Tyree Nichols and police brutality. Um, here's one where Joe says almost all the right things for me. But one of the things he said was, um, and I'm probably misquoting, but he said, I know that most cops are good people and there's just a few bad apples, but... 
um, you know, this violence against black people cannot stand. And what would you do if you lost one of your kids like this? And what would you do if you had to have the talk with your kids that black and brown people have to have with them all the time? This has to stop. I agree with all that except for cops are mostly good people. And hear me out. Hear me out. That I don't mean there are no good cops. I don't mean that. So if you're a cop and you're listening to this, I'm probably going to count you as one of the good cops. I don't know if you can say most of them, though. And the reason is, is because at the bare minimum, most of them don't say a goddamn word whenever something like this happens. They just don't. Now, I'm not ignorant enough to believe that it isn't, that it's not because of fear of repercussions from, you know, they're, they're worried about getting fired, number one, which you got to have a little bit of sympathy towards, a little bit, barely, teeny tiny. But one thing is, I think they look at a, a good cop looks at a situation like this and goes, I want to say something, but look what they'll do, look what these people are capable of. This is what they'll do to just a civilian standing there. Imagine if I actually go against them. I mean, some of these people are like borderline Aryan nation motherfuckers. They'll kill my family. <laughs> you know, they have to be thinking that. It's the only way that you can even a little bit kind of justify it. So, like, if you are a good cop and you're put in that position, that's the test. Until then, there's no test. Like, I would consider a good cop someone who you know, doesn't just sit there and pull people over for going five miles an hour. Someone who doesn't just sit there trying to make their goddamn quota as a traffic cop. Someone who tries their best to de-escalate situations and tries to serve and protect instead of seeking and destroying. That's Those are people I consider a good cop. But then when you're put to the ultimate test of, hey, my partner just shot or beat up an unarmed black man, black man, what are you going to do? That's the test. And um, I think that what really happens is anybody who would be a good cop ends up quitting law enforcement long before they get to that. Uh, Trey had, had a dude who he worked out, not worked out with, but worked out at the same gym and they used to talk and stuff. And this guy um, was kind of a, I won't, he was just kind of a, he didn't really care to accomplish much. He was just kind of drifting through life, didn't know what he wanted to do. And he was in and out of jobs all the time. And Trey was talking to him one day, and he's like, uh, he's like, hey, uh, so what, what you got going on now, man? And the guy's like, I'm, I'm training to be a police officer. And Trey was like, oh, shit. And then, of course, Trey's like, in my head, I'm thinking, like, yeah, this will last, right? Well, he goes through training. He's a cop. And Trey's like, oh, that's awesome, man. And then a couple months later, they're at the gym, and Trey's like, how, how goes it being a cop? And the guy goes, man... I, I, I couldn't do it. And again, Trey in his mind was thinking, yeah, I, I saw this coming. And then the guy went on to explain, he goes, what happened was, he goes, we were doing a drug bust um, and I'm in a situation and we had our guns drawn. And in that moment, I realized that I don't have what it takes to pull that trigger in any situation, in any situation, like, unless they're already firing on me, I can't, I just can't do it. I, I, I can't treat people that way. And Trey was like, man, I really respect that, you know? And then later, me and Trey were talking about it, and he goes, you know what I think? That guy should be a cop. Those are the people that should be cops. It's like they say that the only, uh, the, the, uh, the only people who we would like in power are those who don't want it, you know? Like John Stewart. He'd be an awesome fucking congressman or senator, but he don't want to do it. He's like, no, I'll stay in the, you know, private sector or whatever, doing my goodness. And I and I respect the shit out of that. And I do think that it's possible that he does more good as a law-abiding citizen than he would being in Congress or Senate, because being in Congress or Senate, no matter what, you're gonna in some way be corrupt and you've got to say things differently. And well, he just wouldn't get elected because when it came time to the debate, John Stewart would be John Stewart and he wouldn't say what people wanted. He'd fucking say what he feels. But like that guy should have been a cop. We all cops should feel that way. 
Only in the most dire of circumstances could I ever pull the trigger, hit somebody in the head with a bobby stick, tase a son of a bitch. Obviously, I'm not sitting here saying that if if you're a cop and you're in a there's a literal shootout where you're getting shot at, dude. I, duh, blah blah, go go, you know, <laughs> do your thing, protect yourself. I 100% believe in protecting ourselves. I'm from the South. I have more nuanced views on guns than a lot of people. We're going to get to guns here in a second, by the way, uh, and I will explain what I'm talking about. So don't just judge me based on that little uh, that little tidbit alone there. But like, look, man, when assault when 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 body cams became a thing, I, I remember being an ignorant little fucking idiot thinking like, man, it's going to change everything. Now they can't get away with anything. Well, now they'll just turn the body cams off, and it's like, oh, damn, I didn't know they could do that. But then the body cam will actually show a thing happening, and nothing, it doesn't matter. The people will see this. They will see an unarmed person get shot and still jump through hoops to defend the cop. Well, they were scared for their life. Well, maybe they need a more brave person to to wear the badge if someone without a gun makes them fear for their goddamn life. I mean, shit, man, back in all the John Wayne movies, that some bitch just used to lasso a motherfucker. He didn't need a gun. I mean, he damn sure had one. But there's other ways of taking somebody down, especially if they don't have a gun. If they've got a gun pointed at you again, as I said, do your thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fuck. I won't argue that. But there's just too many unarmed people laying there, doing what you say. And we talked about it on SKUs a couple of weeks ago, me and Mark. You'll see him, they're like, well, he's resisting arrest, and it's always because they give them contradictory um, commands. Like, they'll be like, uh, you know, lay on your stomach. They're laying on their stomach, right? And then they're like, put put your hands behind your head. They got their hands behind behind their head. And they're like, put your hands behind your back. And it's like, well, I've got them on my head. Which one do you want? Roll over. Oh, you said get on my stomach. I don't want to know. Don't make any sudden moves. Okay, I won't make any sudden moves. Raise your right hand. That's a sudden move. What the fuck? And then you're like, look at them resisting. They're not doing what I said. Well, it's because eight fucking cops are telling you something different. You don't know who to goddamn listen to. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I buy that most cops are good cops. I definitely buy that some are. I don't know about most. Most is quite a bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, nothing so far has proven to me that it's just not a shit system through and through. So that's how I feel about that. And now on the assault weapons ban. And this is where I'll give you my nuanced approach to (laughs) guns. Joe Biden did not say we should ban all guns. Smart move. Now, granted, it doesn't matter that he didn't say we should ban all guns because all the Republicans are going to take from this is, yeah, he said assault weapons, but like it's a slippery slope. Once they take your assault weapons, then they're coming for all your guns. And I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. I I think that guns and gun ownership is too ingrained in this culture, especially where I come from. It'll never happen. I think that it's of the greater interest for us to have people who hunt. I really do. Now, just banning assault weapon. Now, now if you have like like I believe that if you're a sane person without a criminal background and you and you pass several tests and you have several credible people who vouch for you, you should be able to have a shotgun or hunting rifle, hunting, hunting things, right? Really it would hit if it was just all shotguns. For me, that'd be great. Because, you know, you get a rifle and it's like, it's a hunting rifle. It's like, yeah, but you can still get up on a fucking building with it. You know what I mean? And, uh, But, like, I believe in that. You know, I believe in, like, my sister having a shotgun to protect the house in case some bullshit pops off. I don't own a gun. But that's not because I don't believe you should. I'll be front with you, and I think I've said this before, um, I have my depression under control now, I do, but I've had the saddy sads one too many timey times to feel comfortable, and I'm a very, uh, y'all know me, I'm a, be- I'm a very uh, sporadic 
uh, person. I fly by the seat of my pants. So I do stuff all the time that seemed like a good idea at the time. And then fucking two minutes later, I go, how could you have ever believed that was a good idea? So being someone like that, I just get worried having one around. You know what I mean? Plus, my wife don't need more reasons to want to shoot me. You know what I mean? So, But banning assault weapons, there's actual data to prove that that's a good thing. It was banned before, and Joe Biden was like, yeah, and I was on, you know, I was one of the people that led the charge for doing it, and mass shootings dropped, and then as soon as the ban got lifted, they tripled. That's just true. Hey, Mr. Ben Shapiro, facts don't care about your feelings, motherfucker. What about them facts? You don't need an assault rifle. You don't need anything that goes, all right? I don't know the technical term for it, but anything that goes, you don't need it. Now, again, I, there's nothing you can do to combat the people who are going to say, I hear you that we shouldn't have assault rifles, but this is a slippery slope. Those people are lost. Those people care more about guns than they care about your kids at school. I don't know what to tell you. Anything more simple than that, right? Those people are being like, we got we to gotta ban the vaccine because it's killing people, even though they don't know anyone that that's happened to. But we got to keep guns even though... We've all seen that. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck about your health. They care about their goddamn agenda. And they, in these fucking NRA lobbyist pieces of goddamn shit, walking around Congress with a fucking uh, AR-15 lapel pin where their American flag used to be, as if it couldn't be more on the goddamn nose. I mean, fuck, man. Like, I'm not saying that they did this intentionally, but what, what a, like, t basically, here, I, I used to wear an American flag on my pen because that told you I was a patriot and a Republican. I'm going to replace that with a gun, which is so fucking apropos of what they believe in this country. This is our country. It is guns. We are the United States of fucking guns, and it is absolutely pitiful. Nobody should have fucking assault rifles. And as I said, even if, if you want to have a hunting rifle or a shotgun, I think that it should be difficult for you to get one. I do. <laughs> I think that you should have to take a fucking test. I think that you should be forced to be trained. And <laughs> you got to be held accountable, man. You gotta take courses. You've gotta pass. Go to a fucking therapist. Jesus, man. I just don't understand. I just don't understand. Because if you are someone that's like, well, I only hunt with my. You don't need a fucking AR 15 to hunt. Shotgun, rifle, you're good. If you're hunting something you need that type of machinery for, you ought not be hunting it, goddammit. And just uh, while we're clear on this, when I say hunting, I mean hunting for food, not sport. Those motherfuckers can suck my dick. I believe that if you want to hunt something, that's great, man. You know, as long as you're using that meat to provide for your family or the community. My brother-in-law hunts. My brother-in-law would never shoot something that he didn't plan on eating. Never. He wouldn't. What's the point of that? You're just being cruel to be cruel. So if you're like, I get an AR-15 and I go shoot fucking lines, you better eat that goddamn line, all of it. Saute its asshole in some butter, motherfucker. Otherwise, you're a piece of shit. So I just, you know, I do believe in wildlife preservation and hunting plays a big part in that, in helping the herds and, you know, not having overpopulation, which hurts ecosystems and i love that those fucking people though when they try to justify their love of guns and they say shit like that it's like oh you give a fuck about the ecosystem now you want you make fun of everybody that has a fucking prius but you're you're the one you're the one doing the big job by shooting all them fucking deer <laughs> again though you if you eat it i don't give a shit and matter of fact i think i'm gonna have some deer chili later today so that's how I feel about the assault weapons ban. Fucking do it. If you want a shotgun, you need to take a goddamn test. 
That's it. I don't know how many fucking you can, I don't know how many times these sons of bitches can claim to care about the children and then spit in their fucking face every time there's a mass shooting in a school. Spit in their motherfucking face. It's ridiculous. Well, the next thing, speaking of the kid, next thing they talked about was abortion. And here's the big contradiction there is, um, yeah, when it comes to assault weapons, everybody's pro-fucking-choice, baby. Everybody's pro-choice on the lives that assault weapons take, but they are pro-life when it comes to a woman's fucking health care. And I don't even think they believe their own bullshit. I don't think they believe their own bullshit. They literally think that Democrats want to give birth to a baby and then throw it straight in the dumpster when, like, Again, I'm not saying there aren't people like that, but just like I went back with the welfare on the Social Security, we shouldn't punish the many for the acts of a few assholes. Some women literally need this to save their life. And up until a certain point during pregnancy, that ain't life. It's fucking bleh. It's amoebas and shit, right? And of course, there's several ways to prove that these people don't feel that way. One is a very famous test that you give people, which is where you say, all right, there is a hospital on fire. And you go in there, and there's a baby laying there crying, about to be engulfed by the flames. And on the other side is a fucking barrel full of a million zygotes that will turn into babies. You can save one or the other. Which one are you going to save? They save the live baby every time, which means you know that they're full of shit. <laughs> because if they believed that those were actual babies, they'd clearly choose the million babies, but they don't. And because that one's been used to death, another one that I use that in my mind I made up, but I'm sure somebody's thought of it before, is this, and this is what I say, and they're like, abortion is murder, abortion is murder, abortion is murder. Uh, okay. you That person, especially in the South, knows, has a friend, has a relative that had an abortion. So you say, all right, so what about, you know, your cousin had an abortion when she was 16? Like, do you feel like, she, you know, she's now on your team. So, like, do you feel like she just made a youthful mistake and she learned from it? Yeah, of course. Of course, you know, people make mistakes when they're younger and, and we should forgive them. Okay, well, what if... She killed her mom. Do you think that she should be forgiven for that? Well, of course you don't. She murdered someone, right? If you believe that abortion is murder and you have a sister that had an abortion, you should fucking want to turn her into the feds because she is a... She, in your mind, she's a convicted murderer. But you know you don't fucking believe that. You know you don't fucking believe that. Like if there was a, if a Republican senator's daughter had an abortion, you would just go, well, she don't deserve to have her entire life ruined. She made a mistake when she was younger. You wouldn't treat it that way if it was a 17-year-old black boy that killed somebody. And you fucking know it. So it's horse shit. It is, once again, the goddamn Republicans using their Bible playbook to get people to vote against their self-interest every single fucking time. They're using the fucking... When, I'm telling you, dude, it didn't used to be like this. I've talked about it a lot. I want to do a whole goddamn podcast on it. On how everything turned around when the GOP and the Southern Baptist Convention, the SBC, decided, hey, let's join forces with two ultimate payoffs. The payoff for the GOP from the Southern Baptist being that, hey, we will make sure that we get our base to vote for your person, right? The payoff for the SBC coming from the GOP being, and we will make sure to protect your tax interests at all costs and lobby for all your bullshit. And buddy, I mean, it, it's about as good of a partnership as fucking Disney and Marvel, man. It really is. Not good in terms of morally good, just good in terms of functionality. It's ridiculous. And that's all it is. Half, I guarantee you, 
half of the congressmen who vote against abortion paid for one or had one, right? They're way more common than you think. If you don't, if you're out there, you're like, I don't know anybody that's had an abortion. You do. You do. They just didn't tell you. And if they didn't tell you, there's a good chance that means they're Republican. Democrat usually fucking tell you after a while, over a couple martinis at least. You know, some of them are a little too proud of it, in my opinion. Like, there's a difference between being pro-choice and pro-abortion. I hope abortions don't have to happen. I do. I hope that unless it's in the case of incest or rape or a medical emergency, you know, I do hope that you'll have it and raise it to be... Raise it as your own and be a good family or, you know, give it up for adoption to someone who deserves it. Now, on the, on the counterpoint to that, there's plenty of kids sitting there that don't have a home to be adopted to. And none of these motherfuckers will adopt. Like, all these people that t- talk the talk won't walk the walk. It's like, all right, you're pro-life. Adopt some of these motherfuckers. Because there's way too many kids in foster homes that go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then you wonder why some of them, not all of them, some of them grow up to... <laughs> Lead a life of crime. They're fucked up in the brain, man. Kids need stability. Kids need loving parents. By the way, those parents can be two boys or two girls. Don't fucking matter as long as they're loving the love there. I promise you this. I promise you this. I would rather have been raised by two loving men than two miserable man and woman. Now, luckily, my mom and dad weren't miserable, but you feel me. You understand what I'm saying. The important part is not the sex of the parents. The important part is the love of the parents. That's all it ever should fucking be. And that's all I have to say about that. Women deserve the right to health care. And to those that say nay, suck my dick. (laughs) Okay? Blow me in a back alley where your daughter got an abortion that one time and didn't tell you. Next on the agenda, the border. All right? This is going to be, this has been a hot button issue forever, uh, but really got heated up during the Trump administration, during the whole build that wall, build that wall bullshit, which I've said many times before. Maybe you didn't hear me. Um, My wife teaches second grade, and during the Trump administration, heard some of her second graders screaming, build that wall at Mexican kids. (sighs) Are those kids hateful? I don't think so. They're in second grade. They don't know what the fuck they're saying. They learned it from their parents. And their parents didn't teach them that you should be kind to people. And their parents are saying the most vile fucking things in front of them. And that is indoctrination, by the way. More so than a goddamn drag show. Way more so than a goddamn drag show. Those kids, you learn racism, dog. Prejudice might be ingrained in us. You know, fair. Fair. It might be ingrained in us that if something is different than us, we view it differently or maybe think it's lesser than because, well, I'm me and therefore I'm the best. So if you're not me, you're not the best. But it can also be taught out of you. I'm walking proof. But it just always makes me sad thinking about those border issues and the Mexican kids at the school getting screamed at when, by the way, they're here legally. Their parents own a Mexican restaurant. They are tax-paying business owner pillars of the goddamn community. And this is how you're going to treat them because of the color of their skin. And that's really the issue here. It goes back to what I was saying up top about the, um, you know, it's hard to criticize China without sounding anti-Asian. Well, these people, it's impossible for them to talk about the border without being racist to just Mexicans. They can't fucking do it. It's impossible. They don't have the rhetoric. I understand if you want to come at the point of, listen, listen, in America, we are overcrowded as it is. There are people that don't have a home. There are people living on the streets. Okay, let me stop you there, Mr. Republican, that's thinking they're making a good point. True, I like where you're coming from, but then we got to do something about the homeless population because there is no goddamn reason that in the greatest, quote-unquote, country on earth, we should have people not being able to afford housing. Well, they're drug dealers. Get them fucking help. Free help. It benefits all of society. That's what I don't understand, dude. You complain about homeless people being on the streets. Uh, it's an eyesore. I mean, it is, but it's not their fucking fault. So let's, okay, well, let's give them somewhere to live. No, we can't do that because of capitalism. Well, then pick fucking one. Either do that or you don't get to fucking complain that they're there. Because one of the two literally has to happen. Literally has to happen. 
fucking do something about it or shut the fuck up. Genuinely, at this point, I'll take either. I'd rather have the do something about it, but I'll also take shutting the fuck up about it. Personally, I will. We live in the (laughs) number one country for fucking immigrants. We were founded on that shit. We are immigrants. Unless you're a Native American, you're a fucking immigrant. I know you make the argument, well, no, I was born here. I know we were born here because our fucking ancestors were goddamn immigrants. And now you want to deny, you want to shut that door right behind you, you sack of shit? I do think there's probably too many people in this country. There's probably too many people in the world, (laughs) you know? We could really use some abortions for that. There's too many goddamn people. We're ruining the ecosystem. We ain't got no place to go. They ain't making no more land. But someone seeking asylum is the foundation of America, and you should not shit on that. That's what we do, baby. And what's funny is like a lot of these people do try to do the legal thing and come here and they still get lumped into the same basket with everybody. And at the end of the day, what are they doing? They're trying to come over here. And this is not said, I'm not saying this is a stereotype. It's just true. They're coming here to work. They're coming here to pick your fruit. Not all of them, but they're, they're coming here for a purpose to make their life better. Sometimes just as a gardener, they, so, they, obviously they can do anything they want. That's not my point. You get what I'm saying? Like, they're willing to take anything and do anything that they can just to be in this country of opportunity. And then you go, well, it's just the cartel coming. Dude, the cartel can get over here whenever the fuck they want. They got private jets, motherfucker. The cartel ain't, ain't tiptoeing over the fucking border. Who you need to worry about when it comes to the cartel is the fucking high-profile senators and congressmen that get their coke from them. You know? Fuck you, the cartel. The cartel ain't got shit to do with the people we're talking about seeking asylum, and you fucking know it. And it's always been crazy to me about, like, especially where I'm from, people, the way they feel about immigration and shit. Like, where I'm from... Dalton, Georgia, the carpet capital of the world, pretty sure also has one of the most dense Mexican populations, definitely in the South, probably the mo- definitely the most in the South. And the reason for that is because it's the carpet capital of the world. That is the, the main industry in Dalton is you got Aztec carpet, carpets of Dalton, not Aztec carpet, I can't, carpets of Dalton. There's several carpet places. And they hire illegal immigrants so that they don't have to fucking pay them, (laughs) right? That's what they do. There's a goddamn sign, or there used to be, in Mexico telling you how to get to Dalton, right? And then right above the carpets of Dalton sign is fucking close the border, Trump, blah, 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 blah. Those fucking... CEOs of those factories are voting for Trump, voting against illegal immigration, and propping it up, and are the main harbingers of it. It is fucking absolutely classless, ruthless hypocrisy. Yeah, man, just like with guns, I think that you should... There's a process, you know? But it shouldn't be... If someone's a good person and they want to come live in this country, they should... Come on, man. You know, I promise you that if you were a fucking entitled American and you wanted to go live in England and you went through the same process, you'd be fucking pissed. I'm free. Why can't I'm a white man? Why can't I just go live somewhere? It's people just want a better life. And, and that used to be what this fucking country was meant, you know? And again, it's, there is a place to have open discussions about the border and about immigration without consistently being racist towards Mexicans and saying things like they're not sending their best, rapists, criminal. There is a it's possible to do that. But until you are brave enough to to have it that way, knowing that that way is not going to incite your base as much, I frankly ain't got no fucking time for you. Okay. Lastly, the Ukraine. Boy, do I not know shit about the Ukraine except for this. Their opponent is Russia, therefore, go Ukraine. <laughs> That's how I feel about that. Um, if Putin 
is fighting somebody, I'm for the person fighting Putin. That's how I feel. And here's how I feel about every Republican who doesn't want us to send aid to Ukraine. Also, I can't be hypocritical because earlier I said I would never give any of my taxes to war. So, yeah, I don't like any of them. Uh, frankly, we do have better things that we could spend our money on. But I guess look at it as an investment. We're not necessarily just helping the Ukraine out. We're helping to take down Russia, which is important because they are dangerous global players and fuck them. But what I find very interesting is that a lot of these people, these white Republican congressmen and senators, uh, who are very much against the war in Ukraine, boy, you, you won't hear a peep out of them when it comes to sending our money to destroy Afghanistan, Iraq, and Iran, or any of them fucking places. I wonder why that is. I wonder if it's because we don't stand to benefit shit from Ukraine. You know, maybe there ain't as much, as my granny used to say, all there. All there. That means oil, for those of you not uh, fluent in redneck. You know, the Ukraine's not as sexy of a tag price as fucking like, you know, Dick Cheney uh, and Halliburton don't look at the Ukraine as a cash cow for their profiteering. Therefore, bad. Oh, what? Our only means to do this is to help out another country? Ugh, what do we get out of it? For the record, I'm certain that we're getting something fucking out of it because the United States never does anything just to be the good person. But just in a macro sense here, I'm going to say that fighting uh, Putin is a good thing and uh, Vladimir Zelensky over Putin any day of the week. That's how I feel. So... If you're still here, that has been the Redneck State of the Union, a.k.a. how I feel about the main bullet points of the State of the Union. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you only thought that I sounded like an idiot maybe 10 times. That would be a record for me. I thank you for being a subscriber here at parttimefunnyman.com. It really means a lot to me. I really appreciate your $5 every month. It has enabled me to be able to be at every single doctor's visit that my wife has had, except for one when I was ill and didn't feel it was right to go to a doctor's office while sick. Uh, and, uh, and it's been great. I've been able to be there as a husband uh, because of the support you put into my work. I have a new special coming out February 19th on Amazon, and I can't wait for you to see it. Filmed at Zany's Comedy Club. It's my uh, my new half-hour special. Well, I say half-hour. It's 38 minutes, and when you see it, you might be like, I've never seen a special that was 38 minutes. Well, here's the deal. It was supposed to be a half-hour, but we recorded two shows, and I was so comfortable with the material, and I was so in the zone that I started making up new tags and punchlines on the spot, and I accidentally did an extra eight minutes. And once I watched it, I was like, I don't want to cut any of this. And we were just like, well, it's a 38-minute special. <laughs> it's like, God damn, if I knew I was going to do that, I would have just stretched and did more and just done the hour, because I can, you know, I could have. But it's a th it's 38-minute special. It's I, I, I'm not trying to brag, but it's very good. I'm very proud of it. I wouldn't have let them put it out if I didn't feel that way. Um. It's, I love the material. I'm happy to be moving on new material, especially since, you know, I'm about to be a dad and I know that I'm going to want to tell more jokes uh, like that about that and that whole process. But it'll be out February 19th on Amazon. You can continue to support me here, parttimefunnyman.com. Uh, I really wish that you would sacrifice a cup of coffee a month uh, for my work. But if not, I totally understand. It's cool. Also, remember to listen to Putting on Airs. The podcast where two hillbilly dipshits, a.k.a. me and Trey Crowder, talk about fancy people. For example, today, the episode we're recording, not the episode that's coming out this week, but the episode we're recording today, I'm going to be discussing the life and times of one Zsa Zsa Gabor, darling. Darling. I love the show. It's something that um, has been so fun for me and Trey. It's the first idea we had 12 years ago, 13 years ago at this point, and it's finally come to life. And I hope that I'm doing it for the rest of my life. Matter of fact, I am. You can. It's a podcast. It's I can do it for the rest of my life. So we're going to be doing that forever, forever and ever. You can support us um, by uh, listening to it anywhere you get your podcasts or going to watchpoa.com. That's where you can watch it on YouTube. 
Um, and stay tuned because we just got a uh, published date for the new book, uh, Round Here and Over Yonder, To Hillbilly's Guide to Travel, me and Trey wrote for HarperCollins. And it's going to be coming out in the fall. Obviously, I will keep y'all apprised of that. And I'm trying to work out a deal where they will let me have a promo code for my Substack people so that y'all can get a discount. I'll probably do a raffle where somebody gets it for free or something. I don't know. Just, uh, hey, thank you for supporting my work. I love y'all. Be safe. Be kind to each other. Love each other. And tell your mom and them I said hey. Bye.